1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: On a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Today, a special welcome back to 2020 to Christopher Brohier, who is the Australian Christian Lobby State Director for South Australia, Tasmania and the Northern Territory. Christopher, welcome along.
1: Thank you, Neil, and good to be with you, and hi to all your listeners.
0: Now, Christopher, let's start with one I think that is a very important one to talk about, especially as we get a focus on Tasmania. It's one of the jurisdictions that you're looking out for in your role as an ACL estate director, uh, some danger of conversion laws. Uh, They've been confirmed with a bit of fact-checking. What's happened?
1: So, back uh, two or three weeks ago, Neil, we... uh, Supported uh, a forum run by, I think it's called Free Speech Australia in the Tasmanian Parliament. And um, uh, Dr. Diana Kenny, one of Australia's leading uh, psychologists, spoke along with some um, a mum whose child has had a very bad experience with the whole issue of transition. And um, a parent's advocate and some others. Uh, We then put out a Facebook post uh, identifying what happened at that forum, what what was said, and we said something like this, that the laws proposed by the Tasmanian Law Reform Institute um, would mean that um, urging caution on a a child would uh, be a breach of the law. Now, um, the WAP did a supported uh, fact check on that particular claim, and they published something last week saying that that was false. They looked, they spoke to the one of the co-authors of the Tasmanian Law Reform Institute report and another uh, um, self-identified legal expert, um, Dr. Wayne Morgan. And uh, they they said that claim was wrong, but in so doing, they exposed what we've always said about these recommendations: that parents are in the gun, fairly and squarely. And um, uh, when uh, Dr. Go- Gogarty, one of the co-authors, said, "And I quote: the report makes clear that the law does not currently and should not in the future." provide absolute protection for parents. Um, Dr. Morgan said the TLRI, quite rightly in my opinion, decided not to recommend limiting the entire scope of what would become unlawful conversion practices so as to always exclude any action by a parent. Now, the questions that the by the author of the report, no less, poses for the Tasmanian government is, Where's the line? Because they're talking about conversations, conversations around the kitchen table. And for example, Dr. Gogarty said that um, if you treat a child like they have a mental disorder when they don't, so he's making this claim that a child doesn't have a mental disorder, that that would be probably um, made illegal by the report. So the question that this exposes, which is what we've been saying for a long time, and people have been denying it, the advocates of this legislation and saying nothing to see here, is where do you draw the line? You're sitting around your kitchen table. How many times can you talk to your child about an issue? What can you say? What can't you say? And the government now has to come clean. Either they're going to say parents are out of it or parents are in it. This is the challenge for the premier who has been advocating this and others. We stand by what we said, we, the, the, the claim we reject the fact-check, but the fact-check has exposed the issue. And it's now up to the government to tell Tasmanian parents that they're not going to be in this legislation. Or if they plan to do that, they've got a state because they're invading
0: the kitchen table. So the question here, Christopher as I can hear and every listener can hear you exposing quite significantly, is uh, can parents be parents responsible for their children or will they be criminalised when they seek help for their child and in their parental view think there might be some necessary uh, support needed for their child? So uh, you've got this choice being a parent or being a criminal. Uh, This criminalising of parents really makes us very, very uncomfortable. Question. Now, this, this fact check,
1: quoted from an introduction of the report, which said supportive care guidance or mentoring of a child by a parent, which are conducted in the best interest of the child, are not affected. Well, great. I mean, the state is saying you can care for your children. But what they didn't say, near was that at page 10 of the report, they say supporting care guidance or mentoring of a child by a parent or guardian which are conducted in the best interest of the child are not conversion practices unless they involve the direct or indirect conduct set out above. So what they say is, you're not caught by the proposed legislation unless you are. And that's what this um, so-called fact-check has exposed. The co-author of the report has said, at some point, parents are in the gun. So what we're saying And I put out a media release, and we're calling on the government now to be honest. Tell the Tasmanian people, where's the line? If parents are in the gun, if you're coming into the kitchen table, if you're coming into the lounge room of Tasmanian parents, you tell us where's the line.
0: So you've got politicians and you've got activists pushing for this law reform for Tasmania. And uh, in some sense here, uh, what you're saying is uh, this report and what the uh, legal uh, uh, insight is saying is that people are being lied to by those politicians and activists who are pushing for it.
1: Well, whether they're lied to or not, I don't know. But what we're saying is you tell us the truth. It's now clear that parents are in the gun at some point. Everyone's agreed on that now. We've been saying this for a long time. The activists that have been saying nothing to see here, it's now clear. Parents own the gun. You tell us, government, you tell us where that line is. You tell us how much I can say across the kitchen table to my 15 year old. You tell us.
0: This is the thing, isn't it? Uh, we don't want any interference in what, as a parent, uh, you might pass on as a good value to your teenager. But this is already the law in Victoria, Christopher, and uh, WAs announced last week that they're looking to introduce uh, conversion laws too. Um, is there something that's coming from Victoria that's influencing all of this legislation or do, because it's in place in Victoria, the people in Tasmania think we better just follow the Victorians? What are your thoughts here?
1: I think Victoria has led the way down the slippery slope and it's not a slippery slope, we're at the bottom of the cliff really with this legislation in Victoria. Tasmania seeks to go a step further and it's the Tasmanian model proposed by the Tasmanian Law Reform Institute is worse than the Victorian model, if that's possible, but it is. So, um, and, but there is a pushback. You know, that, that just recently, an association called the Gender Explor- uh, Exploratory Therapy Association has, reduced, has produced very good guidelines of how to treat gender-confused kids. And they say they don't approach it on any preconceived notion. They say, let's explore. And what they do find is many of these kids have comorbidities. They have issues that have to be dealt with. That's the way England's gone expressly down this route. They've rejected affirmation therapy. We are five years behind. And if we follow this route, we will hurt kids. That is the... That is the heart of our opposition to this legislation. We will hurt vulnerable kids. The Tasmanian government will hurt vulnerable kids, and it's just not good enough.
0: So, Christopher, for Tasmanians listening into our conversation today, uh, they've heard you say the Tasmanian model is worse than the even Victorian model. What sort of action can a Tasmanian listener today take uh, so far as... Uh, you know, letting their voice be known?
1: Well, we would encourage every Tasmanian listener to contact the Premier and say to him, we do not want this these recommendations. If you want to ban coercive practices or misleading practices, go your hardest. But don't come into the kitchen table. Don't stop our kids being properly cared for. Tell that to the Premier Tell that to the Attorney General. Tell that to your local MP. This is the life of kids. And we have to stand up. And then, and I make this serious call to every Tasmanian church firstly, pray. Pray publicly every, every Lord's Day. Lead your church pastors in prayer against this. Aneel, in the Psalms, there are what I call imprecatory prayers, where God, cry, people, the psalmist cries out against wickedness. And we have to do that. And secondly, preach. Preach the truth. This is the time for the pulpits of Tasmania to stand up and say, we must not do this. <laughs>
0: Interesting, isn't it? Uh, when we talk about prayer in church, uh, different churches do things in a different way. Some churches will have a extemporaneous prayer, others will have a written prayer. In a, in a circumstance like this, and you say, well, I'm going to take this to my pastor and we're going to pray about this on Sunday – uh, in front of the whole church, uh, it wouldn't be an unwise thing, would it, Christopher, to write down a prayer that uh, perhaps, if the pastor prays it, well, the pastor, you know, has responsibility for what is spoken from the platform or prayed in that church. But uh, perhaps, uh, write down a prayer, get it, get the wording right. Uh, you might even Correct. be you might even be helpful there uh, Christopher if someone wants some wording for a prayer to use in church because some people might be thinking oh it's a little bit uh you know it, you know it's a it's a little bit um, challenging to get a prayer together but uh, but yes writing down the prayer what are your thoughts around that
1: Sure. so if people want some specific words they just have to send us an email to taz at aCL or um and we'll, we'll provide them, but the, the issue is that the state doesn't interfere with parents talking to their children. The state doesn't interfere with proper therapeutic care for children and, and for adults who need help. This is, this is statism really going off the rails. The state wants to take control, and, and we have to say no.
0: You know, there might be something new here uh, that you've broached that might well catch on in churches around the place everywhere, Christopher, the thought that you might write down a prayer and pray that in church. And there's so many issues, so hard to get your head around everything that's happening in your own state, uh, let alone throughout the states and territories around the nation, that uh, somehow or other some guidance for the sort of prayer that might be prayed in churches that a pastor can sign off on. It doesn't matter who uh, says that prayer, but uh, to lead a congregation, uh, that might be something for the future. Hey, let's touch on some other things and uh, lots of important things that have been happening. Uh, Territory rights. Uh, The bill uh, paves the way for euthanasia. The territory rights bill passed in the Senate last week. So the next step is going to be a debate on assisted suicide in the ACT and the Northern Territory. What's a quick update on that one uh, for uh, for listeners?
1: Yeah, sure, Neil. So um, last week the Senate passed the uh, Territory Rights Bill, which, uh, and all the proponents of the bill were saying this has nothing to do with assisted suicide, nothing to see here. The moment the bill passed, the ACT is going to legislate for assisted suicide. That's very sad. There's some hope in the Northern Territory, although they're going to legislate for it. In some media reports, the Chief Minister Natasha Fyles has said that they won't do it until after the 2024 election. Now, that's really, really important. And it might be because of the strenuous opposition that people put up to the Anti-Discrimination Act amendments just a couple of weeks ago, which passed. There was such a strong response against that. uh, And even though it was passed, the CLP opposition have pledged to repeal substantial... uh, Uh, parts of it if they get re-elected in 2024. It may be that the government, I don't know, but it may be that the government thought, we don't want another fight. So that's really important and it's really important because of the concerns of indigenous people and um, I've been up the territory, spoken to lots of indigenous people recently and a lot of them said, this is Ballander law, white man's law, it's not our tradition and we've done some videos, which we're going to release shortly, about what Indigenous people are saying about this. So there's some hope in the territory, but it's very sad in the SCT
0: uh, Just quickly, an important development, perhaps, uh, for Victorian listeners uh, around their election, the possible loss of Fiona Patton's seat uh, to... Uh who a uh, the Labor DLP, uh, former Labor Minister turned DLP candidate, Adam Somurek. What's the latest around that? Which, it's
1: no longer possible loss. It's, it's now it's published position that Fiona Patton has lost a seat to Adam Somurek from the Labor DLP. Uh, interestingly, Family First, which was a start-off party from the from standing still, did better than Fiona Patton's party. They got, family First got 3.19% of the vote in that particular seat, and uh, Fiona Patton got 3.16% uh, percent of the vote. Now, I just want to make a couple of, couple of points. First, what I say about the wrongness of Fiona Patton's policies are nothing to do with her personally in, in the sense of an attack on her. She's a human being who deserves to be cared for and loved. She's going through some tough times and we need to pray for her. But she's introduced lots of bad policies. She was proactive in the decriminalisation of prostitution, which is going to hurt women. And so it is a good thing that she's lost her seat.
0: All right. And, uh, and just quickly, uh, one more we'll squeeze in. Um, in South Australia, um, Jennifer Game, MLC, tabled a bill last week to make it a, a separate offence to harm an unborn child by a criminal act. What's the latest in, uh, in your home state?
1: So there are some good things that happened last week. Um, so this bill was introduced by um, the Honourable Jennifer Game from uh, Sarah Game, rather, from One Nation, uh, which, uh, following New South Wales, which passed this last year, I think, and it was colloquially known in New South Wales as, as Zoe's Law following the death of baby Zoe about 10 years ago in a car accident uh, by a drunken or drug-affected driver. And Zoe's mum campaigned for this sort of legislation. It's passed in New South Wales. South Australia followed it up. And it gives the dignity of recognition of an unborn child. So if an unborn child is killed uh, by a criminal act, it gives dignity to that child that that's a separate offence. The unborn child is not just an appendage of the mother. And so that was a very positive development, and I'm hoping it'll pass um, without too much controversy. And similarly in the Senate, um, Senators Antti Canavan and and Babbitt from, uh, the new Senator Babbitt from uh, Victoria, introduced a bill, a federal bill, To impose a duty of care for babies born alive after a failed abortion, Uh, there are about 720 on the figures that we know. At least 725 babies um, have been born alive and left to die. Um, So um, that's tragic. That's worse than tragic. It's it's wrong. It's evil. And so this bill creates a duty of care. If the baby is not capable of surviving, then proper palliative care is given rather than they're just being left to die. So it's another important step and hopefully that will progress in the new year.
0: Well, Christopher, always appreciate your updates, Uh, always exact and considered in the way that you respond to the issues that are going on around the nation and especially in those areas that are uh, in your responsibility. as South Australia, Tasmania and the Northern Territory. Christopher Bro, here. Uh, let me point listeners to the ACL website. The ACL website, Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au and you'll find all sorts of good resources there and updates on these sorts of issues we talk about on a Monday morning. Christopher, thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. Thank you, listeners. <laughs>